What's going on? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. Your host, Brent McGrath. How are you doing? Hopefully you all had a really strong and productive week. We have been running 100 miles an hour ever since the launch of Smarter Distribution. Go check it out at thejuicehq.com to learn more. But that's not why we're here. We are here to have a conversation about content distribution and about content and how we should be thinking about standing out, being different, and taking big swings. I got my man, Blake Emmel. I'm sure you follow him across some social channel. He does a really good job at building his personal brand. He is the director of content at Riverside. We get into a lot of different topics related to content. I love when the guests just put out posts and I can take those posts and play it back to him to dig in more. That's what we're doing today. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a friend that you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What's going on, everyone? I have been following today's guests on LinkedIn and Twitter for some time. Big fan of his thoughts, ideas, and he had a post that was out a week or so ago that was focusing on distribution. And I was like, all right, it's time to talk to him. Let's let's get him on the podcast. And I'm joined by Blake Emmel, who's the director of content at Riverside. He is a content creator. You see his stuff everywhere if you're paying attention. Blake, welcome. I'm pumped to have you, man. How are you? Thanks, Brett. I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to chat content. Yes. So the I have like the topic is startup ideas are easily copied. Distribution is not. And these aren't my words. These are yours, which is always fun when our guests kind of drop in the uh, subject uh, from the gates, but we're going to dive into that. But I, what I want to start with first is just like, I don't know, ideas about content being the single most important asset on the internet. Again, I'm picking from like Twitter thread or LinkedIn posts that you had, but maybe dive into that a little bit. Just, I think content is a secret weapon and those who are creating it know that, but other people who are outside of content roles don't necessarily. So maybe like share some context. I think that'll help set the stage for the conversation. Yeah. I, I think the now people are are more in tune with it than ever. Everybody, especially in SaaS, B2B, whatever you're in, people know content. They know what it kind of looks like, but I think they kind of have too narrow of a view as well. Pretty much everything is content on the internet now. And it has been for quite a while. It's not just blog posts anymore. Content, it's, it's it really spans through your website, through your own social media channels, which that's kind of where people focus in on personal branding as content. There's so much to dive into there. It's only a fraction of it. Content is also found in video. It's found in audio. It's found through email. It's um, case studies, sales content, sales enablement stuff. There's so many different angles you can take. Uh, even advertising, it's all content at this point. So finding a way to blend it all together is really the name of the game. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people, a lot of companies take a really narrow view when they kind of hear content. You need to be doing content. That's everybody says that you need, we need to be doing content because our competitors are doing it. What they're usually thinking of is we have to write articles. And that's a really mm -hmm. narrow view. That's not what it is. Articles can work. That's a little harder now, especially with the advent of AI. Like it's it's just blowing up. We can talk through that a little bit, but there's so much more to content now where there is this aspect of you need to also have employees at a company building a personal brand, not just 
creating content within the company. You need to have content flowing through your Slack channels at the company to keep educating people, to keep getting more advocacy for your content that's being created. You need to go above and beyond with video and then repurpose that. There's this whole idea of distribution. So there's so much to dive into, but I think you know, generally when we're talking about how important content is, it's actually still understated. If you can believe it, given how much buzz there is around it, it's still underhyped, underrepresented. I'd love to get your take on this. And I'm like 100 retweet, agree with everything you said, but like individuals in the content role, I think it can be overwhelming just the options and opportunities with all the channels, all the different ways we can express ourselves, our opinions, our brand's opinions. And some so often, like instead of trying a bunch of different things, you know, the content creators just get stuck in kind of silos of I'm just going to continue to like churn out these blog posts because this is what I've always done. Like, how do we like, how would you recommend just creators like break that? And is it test a bunch of different things and see what sticks and what works? Does that spread yourself too thin? Is it going deeper on a new channel? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's kind of a mixture of both. So if I were coming into a company that had never done any content marketing before and tried to stand that up for the first time, I would never recommend that you just try to do everything all at once. But two things can be true. I could recommend that, but I can also say at the same time that quantity is the name of the game when you're just starting. Quality is not even on the table right away because you have no idea what quality content looks like if you're not doing it yet. You have to have feedback, that feedback loop running of your audience telling you, this is good, this is bad, this is good, this is bad. And you have to keep following that trail over and over to get to quality. So essentially the way I'd set it up in its simplest terms, let's look at all of the possible venues we could do that makes sense for, you know, we're B2B, we're SaaS, we serve this audience, let's know all the basics. And then based on that, what makes sense? What would be illogical? Let's eliminate that. So we're not going to do Reddit because we don't want to be anonymous and it's going to be hard. And okay, so let's eliminate that. Go through the process of elimination for as many channels as you can. Equally, go through what channels would have the most net positive for you if they worked out perfectly, and then just pick one. Usually, that's going to be you know a social channel or blogs or something that's kind of natural to get into. A lot of people do it, so you can kind of follow a playbook for getting started. Pick one and then go all in on quantity for that platform. So if you decide LinkedIn is going to be our main hub for creating content, and then we're going to take everything out of that great. You can make that work. It may not work for everybody. Maybe it'll work for you. Make a decision. Then you come up with this, basically just come up with a testing framework. We're going to put out this amount of content. It is more than our competitors are willing to do at that time. So we're going to have an edge there. And then it's going to create this feedback loop where our audience is going to tell us through their votes, like a like is a vote, a comment is a vote. We're going to look at the votes in our content and say, people like this thread. Let's keep following that thread or they don't like this particular viewpoint, let's kind of scrap that to the side. And then you you master that over time. So that's probably the best way I would recommend taking that approach of just getting started. But even in that, there's, there's so many nuances and ways that you could go about it. It ultimately boils down to make a decision, follow the feedback. And then once you feel confident that it works or doesn't, move forward. Don't keep stagnating over little things. I love the ideas of uh, the idea of likes as votes and tracking that way and tracking that back to, okay, this is a quality content. And I think just as content people, we understand kind of how great content can help us differentiate. But 
I think a struggle, especially now more than ever, just based on outside forces and things that are happening across the industry, like our internal stakeholder, like our boss or our boss's boss don't necessarily like we know content takes time to get going, but like we're at the point right now that we don't necessarily have a lot of time. So I'm interested in your perspective of like how, what are the best ways to set expectations uh, making sure we're communicating appropriately internally so that we have the runway in the canvas to go out and create quality content and quality content that matters and matters in the fact of like building pipeline for our sales pros. Yeah. Getting buy-in is tough. That's That really is the name of the game when you're just getting started. The more alignment you have, the more confident you can feel in doing crazy things and taking big bets, which is ultimately how you're going to stand out. A lot of companies get caught up in doing the same things as their competitors because it's safe. So you don't need as much buy-in for that. It's just easier. But then most of those companies don't really stand out in their content marketing and it doesn't work for them. So there's not a ton of ROI. And, And speaking of ROI, it's hard to prove that for content, especially when you have no prior benchmarks or data points. So going into it, it's it's kind of difficult to show this is what we project will happen because you really don't know based on that one channel or the, the few channels you're starting with what that's going to produce. So instead, you you usually have to take more of a tell a story approach as opposed to show me the ROI approach. And that can look different for different people. If you're working with a stakeholder, for example, if you're the content marketer, you're working with a CMO or the CEO directly or whomever, pay attention to how that stakeholder actually communicates with you. That's mm-hmm. a really good indicator of how you should communicate back when you're trying to get buy-in for something. For example, if a CEO is super direct with you and very bold and uses short sentences, like if you write out this long thing and then they say, yep, approved, good indicator that you need to shift the way that you're actually making requests and trying to get buy-in for things. So pay attention to that. In that instance, if they're super direct, come up with a few succinct points on why you think there's ROI in the future for that particular channel or for a campaign or whatever make it succinct and kind of use the law of reciprocity to mirror their own behavior. You're more likely to get some, some buy-in there. Likewise, it's, it's probably, that's actually probably harder to do because you have to boil impact down into a few key bullet points. The easier way is just being able to expect or to explain everything that is on your mind and all the cool things you want to do and why it's important, but definitely pay attention to how the stakeholder communicates with you. And then Sometimes you just have to make the call. Again, one of the biggest differentiators for between great content marketers and good ones or okay ones is just the ability to make decisions, even if it's not always the right decision. Can you be decisive in the moment and say, let's just, we're going to do this and we're going to stick with this for this amount of time. We're going to look for these results. And if we don't hit them by this time, we're going to scrap it. Or if we do hit them, we're going to double down in this way. If you can be decisive, you're usually going to get buy-in, especially early on if you're just starting off content marketing because they probably hired you for a reason and trust you. But it gets a little bit trickier if you know, you've been on a team that's 10 years old and you're kind of just taking over for somebody else and trying to do something different in content, but content's existed forever. It's a little bit different, probably takes a little bit more you know, creating presentations, really thinking through things. But yeah, I would say don't, don't overthink it. Be decisive. I want to hit on a word you said, and that is reciprocity. And it's something that we haven't talked about much on this show and you teed it up. So I want to like dig into that a little deeper. When I think about that, like the example I always come to is like, you know, we're always starving when we go into the grocery store and there's always the person that like has like a little stand set up and, you know, you walk by the stand and they're, they're trying to give out samples of, you know, bacon 
and you're, you're hungry and you don't want to talk to them, but then you're like, man, I'm starving. I'm going to go talk to them. And all of a sudden they give you the bacon and you eat the bacon and it's like, mm, this tastes good. So then you're engaged, right? You're willing to hear more about their product because they just gave you something. And so that's like the example I always think about when I think about reciprocity, but I think it would be cool to have you share maybe like from a content marketing, marketing perspective, like how, what are some ways that taking maybe that analogy or that example, like what are some ways that we should be thinking about that in terms of like connecting with our, the people we want to, the people we want to connect to and the people that we want engaged in our content? Yeah, sure. I mean, if you have a specific campaign, for example, that you want to launch and you know that it is not something that normally would be done, be done at the company, that's actually a good sign. First of all, you, you shouldn't want to be doing the same things as always, but if let, let's say that you have this really outlandish idea for a Twitter campaign, it's going to last two weeks. It's to promote a product launch that's coming up. And it's not the way that people would usually do it inside the company. The chances are you're going to have to do additional prep on top of that if it's a divergent way of thinking at the company. But that's that's good. In terms of preparing for that, I just try to boil it down to its simplest principles. And really that is thinking through a salesperson's lens. If I'm trying to sell the stakeholder, I'm just trying to tackle objections. That, that's pretty much all I'm doing. I'm going to mm. try to provide real value and show why this is going to benefit the company. I'm going to try to make it as easy to say yes as possible for the stakeholder by assuring them, you won't have to do much here. This is There are only three things I'd need from you. One of them is just approving this. And then there's two other things. Make it super easy for them to say yes, lay out objections and tackle them in real time. It's kind of as simple as that. You know, you're not always going to get a yes. There's going to be times where your content idea is really good and they're going to say no. There are going to be times equally where you thought you had a really good idea and then you take it to a stakeholder and they point out all of the flaws with it. And then you realize this actually wasn't a very good idea. And you, sometimes you just have to be willing to scrap that. But a lot of the time, what you're going to find is people appreciate novel ideas especially when they're thought through, especially when you can tackle all of their objections pretty handily and you make it extremely easy for them to say yes. So if I if I were doing this as an example and I wanted to do this, this campaign on Twitter that's going to take 14 days of tweets, we need to create visuals for it, we need to create a launch video for it, there's all this stuff going into it, I would probably just put together a slide deck that would really clearly outline, here's everything that I'm going to do, it's going to take this amount of time, this is all that you have to do as a stakeholder, approve it, Check out the, the copy for when it's going to go live, and then that's it. I'll take care of the rest. Here's everything that I'm planning on doing. And then maybe have a slide that says, now you may be thinking this, this, and this. Well, let me handle that objection and share the solutions really quickly. And then I would just say, is this approved? Something very direct. And then and then just shut up, be quiet. Usually we kind of talk ourselves out of, out of getting approval sometimes. So just be direct, handle objections, make it super easy to say yes. And, and most of the time you're probably going to get to a yes. Uh, and, and anytime that you can actually prove that it's going to lead to ROI, that's hard to do in content marketing, but obviously add that in there, layer in the benefits, talk about the value to the company first and foremost, and, and you should be solid. I love this. One thing I picked up on you in this conversation is like, you are a believer of like, it's a, it's okay to be different. And in fact, like being different is probably going to be an advantage. And one of the things that I saw, I feel like I'm just taking from your social media pages and playing them back to you to get some more clarity. But one of the things you said is like your process for standing out, you, your quote was 
uh, would my competitors be willing to do this given how much work and few benchmarks there are for it, which is such a you unique point of view when approaching work and content work, maybe talk a little bit about that in your philosophy. Yeah. I, I, I preface it by saying that I believe people focus way too much on competition and not enough on their own future. So instead of looking in the rear view mirror so much at who's chasing you or looking at who's who you're chasing, I would just look singularly forward and think, how can I go as fast and effective as possible on this path? There, there's certainly value to looking at competitors, especially in the B2B space, there's value to it. But when you become obsessed with that lens, you're blinded to anything that's actually interesting. You're usually going to end up doing reactionary marketing as opposed to mm. proactive or original marketing, where you're looking at competitors and saying, oh, they did that thing. I've got to build it. They they built a new um, tool and a landing page for that tool. So I kind of need to do that or else I'm going to get left behind. As opposed to some of your favorite brands, like the Apples of the world or whatever, that they don't really focus on who launched something first. They just go mm. make you know, sometimes they, they, a lot of time, they just steal stuff from other companies that was launched five years before, and then they make it better. Sometimes they launch their own things. It doesn't seem like they focus too much on what everyone else is doing. They focus more on being original. I like being part of that mold a lot more mm. because you're not as traditional and you're not as beholden to the way things were or what other people are doing. You can really focus on being novel and it's a, it's a lot more enjoyable way to create content. So, you know, along those lines, when we're talking about, what, what was the quote again that I, I forget. Yeah. <laughs> would, would my competitors be willing to do right. this given how much work and benchmarks there are for it? Yeah. So when we're looking at that, that's a pretty good framework to just look through and say, is this going to be a ton of work? Would anybody else do this? If not, cool. It, it, let's preface it again by saying, make sure it's a decent idea. You don't mm-hmm. want to just do things because nobody else has ever done them. Because it could still be a bad idea. But if you feel like it's not been done because the scale would be pretty big or it would cost a lot of money or whatever it may be, take it into consideration and take that as kind of a hint that this is our chance to get an edge. It's really hard to get a true edge in marketing because everything's shared on the internet. Everybody is using the same frameworks and the same playbooks. Mm. That's all kind of meaningless now. Everybody knows about organic SEO. Everyone knows about social media or paid ads. They've got the frameworks. They've got the playbooks. Everybody's bought those off Gumroad. It's done. So instead of looking at the same information that everybody else has, you kind of just have to create your own. And this is a, a pretty simple way to do that. It's not the only way and it's it's not perfect. But if you're just kind of looking for a good litmus test of, should I pursue this even though it's a crazy idea? Well, probably because if nobody else is willing to do it, you're going to be alone in the market. You have a clear kind of a clear edge and a clear angle to sell this to your users or your audience. Whereas if you just publish the same thing that your competitor just did, obviously who should care? Why would anyone have to care about that? It, It kind of makes the content redundant. All right. So let's go back to the the quote that led us off. And we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics and that's distribution. So startup ideas are easily copied. Distribution is not. Maybe talk a little bit about where you're coming from with that quote and why is it so challenging to copy distribution? Yeah. I mean, this applies to pretty much everything, not just content marketing. There's there's a sentiment across the build and public movement now that you shouldn't do it anymore because of copycats. And that's there's some viability to that. People shouldn't be stealing your stuff, but the reality is that they do. But they're just stealing an idea, like an outline. They're not actually stealing the meat or the thing that makes it great. And when you when you hear the word moat in so, in you know software, in tech, whatever, you know, it's it's kind of fluff, but whatever. It's still important. It's important to look at 
what are the things that just really can't be copied because we have put so much into this particular thing that now it's very differentiated and people could copy the software line by line in the code, but everything else would not work for them because we have this one thing. So I, I really like to focus on that. You know, that's looking at a startup as a whole. You can apply that moat philosophy, but even in your content, just dive deeper and apply this to your ads, apply it to your blog post, whatever. Try to look line by line at your content and say, what's my moat here? Do, do I really have something that couldn't be copied? Obviously, somebody could copy your blog word for word and plagiarize it totally, and they could post it to their site, and it'd probably stay up, and they might even get some visits from it, whatever. But do they have your email list? Do they have your way of sharing it across communities that's insanely unique and you have this huge list of communities that you publish all your pieces to, or do they have your way of taking long form content and breaking it into short form content or taking long form content and making it into even longer form content, which is not something we usually talk about with distribution, but Mm. we can touch on. There's so many different things that you can do to kind of create this moat for yourself in your content marketing. Most people won't do it because again, it's not easy. It's not in the playbook necessarily that you're taught. You, you, publish articles, you do it on a schedule, you include your keywords, you do the same for your videos, you publish your social media on a schedule. And that's the way that it's always Mm. been done and the way it gets done. But if you want to create a true differentiator for the business, you have to think about, all right, how do I build a full system around this stuff? Where the second that I hit publish, I have a, a checklist of like 70 things that I do for every piece of content. And I know coming back to a point earlier that no one in my competition is going to be willing to do this. There's no way because it's tedious. It isn't fully automatable. Some of it is, but not all of it. I can't set up a zap for every step. I have to do some of it manually. If you know that it can't be copied directly, that's where you know you're kind of on the right path. So that's kind of the, you know, the nuances of of that idea. Just find a, a system you can build that, yeah, they could copy the content itself, but there's no way they're willing to do what I'm willing to do to distribute it. Obviously, you've built your you know personal brand on the back of distribution and making sure that you're maximizing each piece of content. And that takes time and takes hard work and it takes repetition and consistency. What are the like maybe foundational things that you would suggest be in place in order to not only start thinking about distribution strategically, but uh, setting yourself up so you're able to do it consistently. And it's not one of those things that we just drop off two weeks, three weeks later. Yeah, I think the first thing is to unlearn two important things. So you have to unlearn that pushing publish is enough because uh, it's not. That's the first thing you got to unlearn. It, it doesn't stop there. It starts there. It's just the beginning of the life cycle of that piece of content. So if you create a piece of uh, like a blog post, for example, First off, make it really, really good. Second, don't let it just die when you publish it. And don't just say, oh, well, I'm editing it every year to update it. That's not enough either. How are you transforming that into other content? So that's number one. And then number two is kind of forgetting the definition of, or, 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 or thinking that that repurposing equals distribution because it doesn't. The typical way of thinking through distribution right now is kind of the Gary V model, which is helpful. It's not like it's a bad thing. There's just more to the equation. Distribution does not equal repurposing. Repurposing is just taking something longer and making it into 10 shorter things. That's a good part of it, but there's more to it. Distribution also includes how do I share that asset on its own 
multiple times. So not just breaking it into smaller parts, but sharing that full asset in many different places effectively. How do I transform that into something that's actually much bigger? So a good example of this would be if I have a single tweet that does incredibly well, maybe I should turn that into a thread and expand on it. If that thread, again, does disproportionately well compared to my other threads on Twitter, maybe I should make that into a much longer article. If that article gets more shares and engagement, maybe I need to transform that into a full ebook or a full webinar thing or, or like a course or whatever. You should be looking at ladders up as well as down, not just looking at how can I break this down, but how can I build it up? That's an equal part of that too. So if you're looking at the foundations of distribution, it's not just, I'm going to take this blog post and make it 10 tweets. That's usually not that helpful, although you can get a little leverage out of it. It does help with the quantity game if you're trying to tweet a lot, but it's not the end all be all. You have to look at every possible way you could share it. And that also includes if I'm working for a company, how can I use this content on my, on the website too as micro copy inside the app? How can I use it for a case study? How can I use it for the sales content, whatever? There's a lot of different areas you should look at. And if you're doing it correctly, you basically should have a, a one source of truth system where all the content you could ever want is in there and you're constantly just patching things through different lines to different channels and patching things into a blog post or editing something that worked better into a blog post or whatever. So there, there's a lot to it. And the reason that it is hard to execute on is because you literally have a database of tens of thousands of ideas if you do this correctly. And it's super hard to organize. So it's it's no wonder that it's tough to make it work. You do have to have a special kind of knack for it. It seems like we're still in the early days of distribution, which or like getting content creators at each B2B company to actually focus in on this strategy, which I think presents an opportunity for brands to differentiate from their competitors. Where do you like, do you believe that distribution will start, will become more of a cog in a B2B marketing team? Do you think that there will be roles dedicated to it? I'd love to get your perspective on just maybe where we might be going with distribution. I think it's going to become a a really big part of content marketing. It might even bifurcate into its own department where it becomes equally important to the creation side. If you're looking at a content marketing team right now, usually there's maybe a head of content, maybe another content market, uh, content marketing manager specialist or two of those, maybe a copywriter, maybe a video person, but it's all focused on creation. That's where it's all at right now. And I think that will stay there because creation is super important and quantity is still the name of the game. You, you have to have those shots on goal to actually learn what works so you can double down on what does and scrap what doesn't. But it's still like 99% focused on the creation of content, which inherently does nothing for the business. If all you were doing was creating content all the time, even if you hit publish, it probably doesn't do anything. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I think especially now we've we've kind of flirted with the, a recession on and off here. We've had some stuff going on with banks and it's been a wild time. Skepticism's at an all-time high in tech, I think. And, and marketing is going to have to really get creative. All executives are going to have to get very creative with how budgets are spent. A lot of budgets are going to go away entirely and it's going to have to become more and more organic. And so when we go deeper down that path, it's no longer about how can I create a hundred pieces of content? It's more about how can I create 10 pieces of content that are 
amazing and totally unique and nobody else would be willing to create them. They're so good. And then also, how am I getting maximum leverage out of that? Am I sharing it in a hundred places or only one? Because right now it's still kind of, because it's so skewed toward creation, usually it gets published on the blog or usually it just goes out as a tweet and that's kind of it. That's not going to be the case anymore. It's not going to be enough. You're, you're going to have to have a content distribution manager in place or, or even it might, it might make its way up to like a chief distribution officer at some point if it becomes a little more sophisticated. I think right now it's still pretty young where the systems that are in place for teams that are even doing it well are very rudimentary and it's so hard to get yourself organized around all the stuff floating around and where to patch it in and how to manage that every day. If that gets a little bit better, and AI, assuming assuming that will probably make it better is uh, with AI, I do think that there's a good chance that that starts becoming an executive level type job where that's all they do. All they do is focus on the ideas that have been created by the company. I'm not going to focus on creation at all. I'm just going to take that stuff and put it where it should go. And I'm going to do it a million times over. One final note on this as well that I think is important with distribution. It's not just like you take one blog post and then distribute it 10 different places and then that's that's also good. No, you, you you have to keep going forever. So basically, startups need to become much more comfortable with repeating themselves. If you think about, I think an interesting example of this is actually in old literature, the way that they used to speak when they wanted to emphasize importance, they did not use exclamation points. They just repeated the words that were important, right? So if, if like you've seen somewhere it's like, yay, 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 or any, or no, 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 anything like that repeated multiple times in old literature. Basically what they're saying is this is important. This is basically screamed, right? Mm. When you are, when you care about an idea and it is important, it needs to be distributed and you've created content around it. You have to repeat yourself all the time because most people are not going to see it the first time. Mm. Most people won't see it the second time, but even if they did, they just need to be reminded about it. So if you're creating important content, Repeat the thing. Don't be don't be scared to distribute that way as well. It can be the same exact thing over and over. It doesn't always have to get cute and you have to cut it a million different ways. I find that if uh, this is something that I am learning and I am trying to get better at, but if it starts to get old to you, then you got to keep it's it, it's it means that your audience has probably no exposure to it. So love that note. Want to make sure uh, before we close out, you've shared just like a laundry list of good ideas and actionable tips. Let's just say someone who's listening is in that mode where they're at a company and you know they're in their content role, they're hitting publish and they're churning out content on a regular basis. And they listen to this episode and you've shared so many good ideas. What is like one piece of advice that you'd have to get started or to break out of that mold? Do you have like one core thing? It can be foundational, tactical, strategic, one way to get out of that place that they are currently in to start doing some cool stuff that'll help them and their their brand stand out. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll say, first off, I'll give you two points. First one's around the organization, and then we'll talk about actual tactics to distribute content. Get yourself organized by just put, whether it's a Notion doc or a spreadsheet or whatever's simplest, and you'll actually look at, just start collecting the stuff that you break off from bigger pieces of content. So start with the repurposing side. That's the easiest because you've already got something longer form. And just keep a running dock of everything first. Don't worry about having it perfectly organized, but you do have to start building that muscle of having a huge spreadsheet and then figuring out how you're going to actually put it into action. Start that now. If you don't have a running list or table or whatever it is of all the content in its biggest form and then broken into small forms, 
get that going and then just start dabbling with it. Cause it takes a really long time to feel comfortable with the spider web. Like, have you seen the, there's like this, the meme from always sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie has the map. on yeah. the wall. <laughs> it's like, this big, yes. that's how it feels when you're doing content distribution where it's yeah. all over the place and none of it makes sense. You got to start small. So just start with like a spreadsheet or whatever's easiest and, and start compiling that add the ideas as they come and then figure out how you can make it more sophisticated, not the other way around. And then around distribution as well. I'll just say a cautionary note here. Most people think that it just means taking a blog post and especially going, taking it to social and breaking it down into social posts. That's important as well. But again, like look for opportunities across your website where maybe you've created a a piece of content and you actually think that it really applies to the content on your website somewhere, if that if that happens to occur or whatever, or inside the app, uh, look at how you could use it to write emails. Look at how you could use it to share into a community. There are a lot of different ways to do it. Start small. Again, don't just think about 50 different ways that you should be doing something. Try to get good at distributing it from one to 10 things first and get good at that and build a system around it. And then keep making your moat larger by adding more channels and ways to distribute over time. Uh, you, can, you can get really creative. Like you can you can use PR uh, as a way. You could use communities like Slack communities or circle communities or forums. You can start distributing content through there. There are also way outside the box ways that you can do things and you know, you just have to be open to basically all of those things, but then don't forget about distributing up the ladder as well. Like I mentioned before, um, try try taking your best pieces of content and not just breaking them down, but building them back up and seeing what you can make even bigger from it. Cause you've already kind of got the validation of the idea. So it's, it's a mistake to ignore that. Blake, this was a ton of fun, man. I learned a lot. Hopefully everyone out there did too. Well, there's a lot of meat on this bone. We'll, we'll have to have you back. Cause I'm sure there's a, a topic and a, another rabbit hole content related. We can go down. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Anytime. After I got done talking with Blake, I started jotting notes. Always a really good sign of a good conversation. Hopefully you're doing the same thing. Go follow Blake. We'll have his social handles in the show notes. But most importantly, take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. And we'll be back more Modern Day Marketer on the other side.